This message was recorded at the Redeemed Christian Church of God Salvation Center, where we're maximizing potential and fulfilling destiny. We pray you'll be blessed as you listen to the following message. of days, rose of Sharon, the lily of the valley, the I am that I am, the Lord strong and mighty, the Lord mighty in battle. We give you glory, we give you honor, with our hands we worship you, oh we lift you high, thank you for who you are, thank you for these 20 years, thank you for all that you have done, thank you for all that you have in our future. Glory, glory, glory be to your holy name. Please accept our thanksgiving in the name of Jesus. Please speak to us again. Change us. Transform us. Heal us. Deliver us. Promote us. Lift us higher. Bless us. Just let all be well. We promise all the glory will be yours. Thank you, Heavenly Father. Blessed be your name, O God. In Jesus' mighty name, we are praying. Before you sit down, just one more time, give the Lord a big, 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 big hand. And then you may be seated. Glory be to God. Wow. When Coach and I arrived there, things have changed there since the last time. God has been good. Come on, let's celebrate Jesus for moving us forward. Hallelujah. And I really want to celebrate, you know, Pastor Koei and Pastor Joyce for I mean, I've known them for a while too. And I just love I just love them passionately. Although I love Pastor Joyce more than I love him, but uh, he's been trying to catch up all this while, but <laughs> and thank you for flying that long distance to be with us, Pastor. Thank you very much. All the way from Papua New Guinea. Come on, give the Lord a big hand. Thank you. Thank you, sir. Thank you very much. And I could, I could pick out your daughter as soon as I'm here. I don't, he's just looking so much like Gladi. Thank you for coming. Thank you very much. Pastor, we celebrate you. This, this is great. This is beautiful. The Lord will finish that building very, very quickly. It will be ready quicker than you can ever imagine. In the name of Jesus. 
And thank you, sir, for the great work. I mean, the production crew this morning, I was just blown out. Thank you very much. The Lord bless you all. Now, every time your neighbor pastor is greeting you too. All right, and together, let's give Jesus a big hand. Hallelujah. As Pastor mentioned, our anchor scripture is Genesis 22, verse 18. Uh, I will read from the New Living Translation. The message is titled, Generational Blessings. The blessing coming your way will not handle with you. It will go all the way in the mighty name of Jesus. Genesis 22, verse 18, from the New Living Translation. And through your descendants, all the nations of the earth will be blessed. All because... You have obeyed me. Every blessing of God to man is anchored on divine instructions. Abraham's blessing from God began with a divine instruction in Genesis 12 and verse 1. Genesis 12 verse 1. Now the Lord had said unto Abraham, Get thee out of thy country and from thy kindred and from thy father's house unto a land that I will show thee. It began with an instruction. Isaac's blessing, the son of Abraham, the blessing began with divine instruction. Genesis 26 and in verse number 1. Genesis 26 verse 1. There was a famine in the land besides the first famine that was in the days of Abraham. And Isaac went to Abimelech, king of the Philistines in Gerar. Then the Lord appeared to him and said, Do not go down to Egypt. Live in the land of which I shall tell you. Jacob received divine instruction just like his father, Abraham. Isaac, or Isaac rather, and his grandfather, Abraham. Listen to me. For every blessing that God had packaged for us, there is always an instruction around it. The God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob set up the template to the blessing of Abraham, anchored on instruction. On Isaac, anchored on instruction. Blessings to Jacob, anchored on instruction. It's not going to be different from you and I. The fulfillment of God's promises depends on the obedience of man to God's instruction. That's why Isaiah 1 and verse 19, Isaiah 1 19, if ye be willing and obedient, ye shall eat the good of the land. You are blessed and you are a blessing right from creation. Oh yes, if you read Genesis 1.28, Genesis 1.28, then God blessed them and said, be fruitful and multiply Fill the earth and govern it. Reign over the fish in the sea, the birds in the sky, and all the animals that scour along the ground. Tell somebody you are blessed. Say, I mean it, you are blessed. You are not just blessed, you are a blessing. Let them hear you say, I really mean it. You are blessed. I'll make only three points and then we'll close. Number one, although man is blessed from creation, Obedience to God from generation to generation is required to keep the blessing going. Adam and Eve turned their blessings to causes through disobedience. We find an example of perfect obedience to God's instruction in Abraham. Go and sacrifice your son Isaac, the one that you love. Sacrifice him. And he said, yes, Lord. And of course, he proceeded. As far as God was concerned, Abraham sacrificed Isaac because he was going to. And God said, alright, now I know that you love me. Both Abraham and his son Isaac were in perfect obedience. 
at this time, Isaac was a teenager. He could have pushed down his father. But they were both in obedience. When God wants to bless a man, he gives a simple instruction to see whether man will obey or not. Our church and myself, with my wife in particular, will have missed it in destiny. Except that God helped us to obey one final test that we launched our ministry and our church at the very beginning. We arrived in the U.S. 2004, August. I was on cross-posting. I used to work for Slumberger at the time. But I desired that we we'll buy a piece of land and we start the parish there. So we found a beautiful place. We picked the farm. We filled the farm. We were ready to buy it. I went to the zona coordinator at the time, the most senior, you know, in my line of my reporting line. And I've mapped out all the different churches in Houston against this address because the rule at the time was that your church could not be any closer than 10 minutes to another church. So I mapped everything out. All the churches in Houston were clearly 10 minutes away from this location. I took it to him. He was so impressed that you went through this whole thing to map all, all the parishes and map them one to the other. So that's good. Continue. As I got into my car, my phone rang. And he said, Pastor Badru, you can't start your church there. And I said, why, sir? He said, yeah, there are, a church started in a school. They are not online. That's why you have not seen them. They started like three, four months ago. And they are only eight minutes from the one you are going to buy. So sorry, you can't start your church there. I said, yes, sir. I didn't even go down from the car. I told other pastors, say, are you out of your mind? What's the difference between eight and ten? I said, two. He said, well, they are in a school. You are buying a place. I said, he knew before he told me that we couldn't start. So off went the contract. And we began to trust God. Then, not long after, maybe about six, seven months after, then God took us to a place where we were going to buy was about half an acre. And then God took us to 6.23 acres of land. Just a little bit more than the less than one acre in price. But that's not a real testimony. As we got into the land, no signboard at all. A white man, Caucasian, appeared. Gray hair, 72 years old. And approached me and said, can you please tell me that a church bought this land? I said, yes. He threw his hands up and was worshiping God. I said, what happened? He said, I was born in this city. God told me many years ago that a church is coming from Africa to this place. That when he turned 72, about three months prior, he asked God, now I'm 72. When is this church going to come? And he was coming once a week to come and check. So once he saw this black man <laughs> on the land, he said, most likely the church is here. I said, yes, we are here. We are here. We are here. If you are clapping for the Lord, really clap for Jesus. Really clap for him. Now, God tested the obedience. We got the place I would have been in half an acre. Whereas God had prepared not just the size of the place he prepared, but the fact that God had ordained that the church was coming. In fact, the only building on that land was built in 1952, the same year Redeem started. So I knew 
that we didn't stray into that land. God brought us and planted us there, but we will have missed it. Obedience is key. Obedience is crucial. Job 36, 11. Job 36, 11. If they obey and serve him, they shall spend their days in prosperity and their years in pleasures. Job 36, 11. Your blessing in destiny are tied to your response to divine instruction. How do you respond to an instruction to let go of an offense that hurts you back? In 03, I was an area pastor. And a lady came. Actually, the resident pastor at the area headquarters brought her. And said, Pastor, this sister had been a blessing to us in the church. You know, pay the tithe, you know, support the project. I said, I praise God. I said, but at 32, no man had come to say, will you marry me? So, Pastor, join my faith with yours to pray for her. I was going to pray for her. And I heard the voice of the Lord saying, tell her to go and reconcile with the Father. And I said, sister, the Lord is saying you should reconcile with your father. He said, I don't have a father. So, your father died? He said, no. That my father abandoned us when I was three. And my siblings. Now we have all married. He's coming back to beg us. No, I don't have a father. I said, I didn't know the story. This must be God truly speaking to you. And she said, no, 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 no. I don't have a father. She stormed out. In fact, she stopped coming to church. In 04, one year after, I relocated to the U.S. 2010, seven years after, I was visiting a church in the same city. And I finished preaching, and they were taking me to the pastor's office, and somebody was running behind me and was waving at me. I said, oh, how are you? I remember that. Then I asked pastor, that lady greeting me, is he married now? Oh, and he said, no, we are praying for her about two months ago, and God said she will have to go and make up with the father. I said, wow, has she done so now? He said, well, we are still trying to persuade her. In 2013, 10 years after, I went for the Congress. My wife and I were at the protocol eye, and she approached us. Now she had lost weight. She's grown very lean. I said, ah, what happened? How are you so old that she had to go and do a major surgery somewhere in Asia, maybe India or China? I said, oh, wow, I hope everything went well. He said, yes, yes. I said, how about your father? He said, he passed. I said, did you make up? He said, no. He said, Pastor, I need your help. I said, what this time? He said, when they were doing the surgery, they found some, a growth, and they thought it could be cancerous, that she would want to come to the U.S. to look at it. Move from up till now. This is 2023. 20, She's still not married. God is not a wicked God. But it gives instructions. And it doesn't matter who you are, it wants you to obey the instruction. When you read our text very well, it said, all because, underline that we say, all this blessing because you obeyed me. How do you respond to an instruction to let go of a relationship you want seriously? I remember. A lady working in a big company in Nigeria, but also single. I don't know what the issue is with, with singles lately. And I said, <laughs> she was in Nigeria, this guy was here in our church. 
And the brother came and said, hey, I love this sister. She's very prayerful. I want a woman very prayerful who can be praying for me. I said, ah. <laughs> so what kind of man is this? So when the sister called, I said, um, you know, you want to marry this friend? I said, yes, we already married. I said, he didn't travel to Nigeria. I said, oh, they put his picture. And then, and then we did marriage already. I'm coming. I said, okay, when you come, church will get your apartment at least for six months. Don't go to his house. Let's do counseling. Let's find out about this fellow. She came. The guy bought a car already. Picked out a brand new car. She just tell me. I said, don't take her to your house. Bring her to me first. If this lady is that prayerful, then she must listen to me. She said, sister, you are not going to the house. We got apartment already for you. I said, no, but we are going. We already got married. She said, which marriage? The one with the picture. She ended in a shelter with one, one child and pregnancy. It was bad. God is a good God. He means well, but he wants you to listen to him and obey him. And he doesn't have to come from the sky because that would have been scary. He positions people to give you I can tell you many, many stories on this first point. But listen to me. Isn't there an instruction God is telling you to obey now? What will you do with the instruction? How do you respond to an instruction to go once again to a place you are poorly treated the last time? There is a pastor friend. When they went to a church to preach, and then they didn't buy his ticket, he bought his own ticket. So when he was going, they gave him an honorarium, and the honorarium doesn't even cover his ticket. What nonsense is this? So not long after, they invited him again. He said, never. I'm not going to go. God said, you are going. He said, no, I'm not going. Uh, the last time, the money they gave me didn't even cover my, no, I'm not going. God said, I said, you are going. After a long time of serious argument with God, finally, <laughs> he was getting sick. He said, maybe by disobedience, he's bringing sickness. So we agreed to go. He went. He said, this time around, I will check what they are giving me. <laughs> so he went to the bathroom. Opened the check. It was worse than the... <laughs> God, you see, this is why I didn't want to come to this place. But as he came out, a man just approached us. I was looking for you, sir. As I came here, God said, I should give you this envelope. He got the envelope. It was mind-blowing. We cannot use our small head to figure God out. The blessing that he has for you is tied to one instruction that you have to obey. That has been his pattern all along. Let me tell you the second point so I can close quickly. You are blessed to be a blessing. Many have enjoyed blessings from God, but the blessing is not flowing to others. When you refuse the flow of blessings from you to others, the blessings shall soon dry up. You are not blessed just for yourself alone. Check out Abraham. 318 servants were born in his house. And that means they are father and mother. So times two. That's like uh, 636 plus 318, 1,000 feeding in his house. 
Do you know the reason he separated from Lot was because their servants were fighting after the, the servants of Lot were wasted. You can you can hear about them. But the servants of Abraham were prospering. Why should God give you more when you are the only one holding the one he has given to you? When you hold to the blessing that he has given you like this, I agree, nothing is coming out. But guess what? Nothing is coming in. You know, <laughs> there was a very funny story of a lady who was at the airport, was going to board you know, uh, a, a flight. And then she bought some cookies, cookie jar, quite big, and put it in the, <laughs> put it in the bag. And then she dozed off. By the time she woke up, because they made the announcement, <laughs> one man was eating cookies. I said, what if I say this is my, that's, that's my cookie, I said, you are a thief. He dragged the thing and he dragged it from the man. The man said, what if I tell you the cookies are mine? and I will say you are a thief. If you need, you should have just asked me so I can, I can give you some. The man said, really? Okay. In that way, let's share. Give me. He said, no. That's what you should have started from. You should have started with you. So the man left him. They got on board and as God will have it, they were sitting next to one another. Then she opened her bag. You know when ladies get on board, they want to take cream or something and then find her cookies. Then she realized, oh my God, I've been eating this man's cookies. Many of us are so stingy. Blessing don't multiply when you sit on them. It's when they flow that it multiplies. A man had a very bad vehicle, and one man saw him struggling and sweating in Atlanta with the, with the car. And the man said, ah, this car is riding you, you are not riding the car. And the man blessed him, bought him a car. And then he, he moved back, I think, to Detroit or somewhere. So one day, the man who bought a car for him suddenly realized that his son, schooling in that city, lived not far from this man. So the boy had a problem with his car. A student. I said, go to this address. And tell the man, he's coming to Atlanta, he already told me, to give you his car for one week. Because he's going to be in Atlanta for one week. Introduce yourself that you are a student. So the guy, the boy got there. He said, put the, the call on the phone. He was still talking to the family. So got to the place, sir, I'm a student. He said, I know you, I know, I know, I know you student there. I know you're a student. So what do you want? What can I do for you? So uh, my car broke down and I have exam starting tomorrow. I don't know if I can use one of your cars you know, um, for the week. I said, I work for my car. When I was your age, I trekked to school. Get out of here. Remember the father who bought the car was on the phone. See, the father said, give him the, the, the phone. And then, well, this is me. Ah, and that's my son. Said, ah, okay, you can have my car, you can have my car. It's too late. Every blessing you render today is waiting for you in the future. Coach was my school father. I met him when I was 16. He was already playing for the national team. He went by the name Victor Gusaya at the time. Himself, Friday, Apple, 
And all of those big players were in the same team. In fact, it was the same team with Mundala Ward at the time. Best okay. and all of them were in Abiola Babes. In fact, he captained Abiola Babes in the maiden team. But I, and I, I went to play. I was a soccer player, and then we were in school, hosted one of the games. And then you saw me, one tiny boy like this, and he just, he just loved me. And I was doing my A-levels. He was doing his diploma you know, in the same school. We went for Nigerian protecting games when I was doing A-level before, before I went to University of Lagos. He took care of me. You know, when the big players are moving, I remember in Calipoli like that, you can't touch me. I mean, I was tired and moved like that. And he was very tall. They called him Katanga. Katanga means in a big wall. But time went. 25 years. We didn't see. And then I went to visit somebody, one pastor. And I saw a picture of a coach with some small, small boys playing. I said, this is Victor Gosa. I said, if you know him with that name, then you have known him for a long time. I said, yes, we call him Alambo. He said, yeah, that's him. So he called him. Then we hooked up. Not long after then, the Lord told him to move to our parish. And then the children took a liking to his children. Your father loved me when I was a little, a little child. Then my very first pastor in Redeem, Pastor Brown Itu. It's my first pastor. Oh, he took care of me. I can, I, can, I can spend a lot of time to share the testimony of many things that God shared through him to me that guided me. So, coach on one side. Pastor Brown Itu on the other side. Before long, the son of Pastor Itu met the daughter of coach. I became the pastor. So I'm the one qualified to be father of the bride and the groom. But all because a man saw a 16-year-old boy many years. And the blessing is still speaking. If you hold back reaching out to someone, you are blocking you are just blocking your own blessing. So my final point before we pray is the fact that nothing good goes further without real fathers. And it's a mess when true mothers are missing. When you look at Abraham, this man made sure that the blessing did not end there's something that is happening dangerously so in our days and time is the fact that fathers and mothers are not transferring blessings. When the bridge on which blessings flow from one generation to another is broken, disaster is to be expected. We're talking earlier on when we're getting ready for the service on how things used to be and how they are now. I want to challenge mentors, teachers, coaches, fathers, mothers. Don't let the blessing hand with you. Abraham passed to Isaac. Isaac passed to Jacob. What are you going to pass to your children? What are you going to pass to your children? It's so sad in our days and time that the blessings are not flowing. Abraham was great, but Isaac was greater. What are you passing on? Don't be like Eli. He died the same day his two sons died. 
Don't be like Saul. Saul could not pass the throne to the son. And Pastor, when I think about the coronation of Charles III and his wife, Camilla, you want to really cry if you understand the monarch and how they emerged. In 1936, it was Edward VIII that was the king. He was going to marry Wally Simpson, who was a divorcee and was approaching the second divorce. And they said, no, 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 you can't do that and remain on the throne. So that's not a problem. And he renounced the throne, not just for himself, but for his descendants. And that was how the father of Queen Elizabeth became King George VI, became the king. And when he died, he had Elizabeth and Margaret. And Elizabeth became the queen at the age of 25. And she was there for 71 years. And died at 96. Edward VIII broke the bridge of blessings. He couldn't pass it to his descendants. Because they said you cannot be on the throne. And remain the king. It would have been his descendants. It wouldn't have been Elizabeth or Charles. Will you block blessing off your children? Or will you let it flow? As I close, I believe when God gave Pastor all these scriptures, Genesis 22, 18, and through your descendants, all the nations of the earth will be blessed, all because you have obeyed God means business. But underline the word, all because you have made me. This morning, as I was running on my preparation, it became clear to me that there are certain things you must obey if you will enjoy this blessing. What I found out in my experience is that when the enemy wants to steal a blessing from you, he puts you in the dark. He makes you to keep something secret as if God cannot see. And it begins to steal from you. I can tell you many, many, many stories, but I want to stick to time. I'll tell you just two, and then we will pray. This is very, the first one was very, very sad. It happened in 05. You might know this story. It was a Bellevue flight. I can't forget this story. It kept me on my toes all the time. There are two pastors of Redeem on board that flight. One of them was seated close to the cockpit, and the next flight to go was Aero Contractor's flight. And the pilot came to see the Bellevue pilot and saw this man. said, hey, what are you doing here? No time, no here. He said, you are not going with this flight. I'm going to fly you to Abuja. My flight will be the next one. He said, no, I already checked my bag. Don't worry, I'll bring your bag out. And literally dragged him out of the flight. And he went with aero contractors. And then Bellevue took off. Under five minutes had crashed. Everybody died. The second pastor on that flight, every day, a week or so after, a woman came 
and said, we have been keeping his secret. I have three children for him because the wife at home has no child. But now he has money. <laughs> I have three children. And when you look at the children, you can, <laughs> you know. But God had the power to have rescued the two. He rescued one. Isn't there a secret that you have been keeping as well? But isn't there an instruction also that somebody must obey that you have found very difficult? It's blocking the blessing. Obey. It might be difficult, but obey. Simple obedience helps. And this morning I want to pray for those who have instruction hanging in your life but you have not been able to obey. I told a woman who did something really very bad and I, I don't want to get into the details. I just said, just go and apologize to your husband. You will be upset but apologize. And he said no. And he blocked. She blocked a miracle for a long time. Finally she obeyed too late. That sister, up till now, she's still not married. She was 32 in 2003. 20 years ago. She must be 52 now. The only instruction is go and make up with your dad. Is it possible there's somebody here? A woman had cancer and they called me to pray for her. So I was going to pray. I said, tell her to go and make up with the mom. He said, yes. We've not been talking for years and my siblings too. That was a Tuesday. Well, because I came to Bible study from there. And then she left and went. They reconciled on Wednesday. In that week, she went to the hospital. They could not find cancer anymore. I didn't even lay hands. No anointing hall. Nothing. Because she obeyed the instruction. I want you to bow down your head. We hope you've been blessed by this message. We encourage you to fellowship with us here at Salvation Center if you are in the San Antonio area. For more information, visit our website at www.rccgsanantonio.org.